everyone has to really know what they want because like you can have anything you want just not everything you want How is it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you back to The Way of the Wolf. Our guest today is a gentleman named Fabio. We actually met on LinkedIn, interestingly enough. But he is a men's mental and physical mindset coach with a personal mission to just help men become better versions of themselves and perform better in all aspects of life. Fabio, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sean. I've enjoyed our chat so far, so let's see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, some some great conversations. And so for those of you that are listening, Fabio and I had a, a conversation a little over a month ago, maybe even six weeks ago, and the conversation ended up just unfolding such great topics and alignment. I decided let's just go ahead and have him come on the show, and we just finished chopping it up and having a good conversation. So there's something that... Um, in my research, in kind of our conversations, and then seeing some of the notes that we've kind of passed back and forth, I'm going to read something, and I'd like for you to expand on it for us. Is that okay? Go for it. Perfect. I grew up trying to prove myself to my dad, and then others, and seeking external validation. Now I'm intrinsically motivated with a purpose and set my own standards. Life has gotten a lot easier and lighter for me. The hard work has become easy, and now I'm more aligned to help others. Can you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Because that's pretty damn powerful. It sounds even better of an American accent. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like sometimes it doesn't even sound like me when I say those things because there's an evolution as most men and hopefully for the better, you know, evolution is, is out of necessity and to get stronger, otherwise you, you die. So that's, that's the way I've kind of seen the path of my life and I could have lived it for a long time in a lot of discomfort and that could have turned into suffering, which it was for a little bit, because we, we all have to go through discomfort and pain, but there's a decision to be made at some point, and we can either decide to do nothing and stay in that, or we can decide to potentially go through a little bit more pain, but actually make that useful pain, so it's not suffering, because you're going into that pain with like an idea of exploring a solution, and you don't always get there. So for me, Personally, there was self-esteem issues that potentially came from seeking validation. And usually for most men, that starts off validation from their father, if they're in their life or not. If not, it's a male role model or a father figure. So for me, I just ended up realizing that just on my personal development journey, right? As leaders, business owners, we have to lead from a place of strength that does also include vulnerability. But if I didn't fully understand myself, then I couldn't lead other men to kind of be the best versions of themselves. And self-esteem came up quite a bit. And I just try to understand kind of what that was, because if we've got any form of self-awareness, then maybe a reflection, like if you're planning your week, your day, and things don't go well, like ideally, like you track business metrics, you want to know what went well, what didn't go well, what can be improved. And your own personal journey, your own life is the same because the only person that's with you, like for your whole life, is, is yourself, right? Your business will change, people in your life might change. So I just wanted to make sure I was a little bit more resilient, understood myself more. So any potential traits, habits, behaviors that might not be aligned with where I want to go, I could be aware of them at least. So if they did come up, I could limit their damage 
or at least communicate with others that this is happening because of X, Y, Z. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and and I'm curious, you made a comment that I actually made a note of, evolution out of necessity. Was there a moment in your life that triggered this, or was it a series of events that occurred over a longer span of time that prompted you to kind of get into this mindset and recognize you've got to work on yourself before you can start helping others? I mean, it's a combination of both. That one one thing is an event, but potentially the awareness wasn't there. So then it just actually naturally turns into a chain of events because it's like you get flashed a sign, you know, like if you're spiritual, you're religious, like God might give you a sign or whoever, whoever you're kind of looking up to. And if you're in a bad place, then you've seen a hundred signs, but you've not actually, they've not landed. So for me, my dad suffers with mental health. I've got a lot of information on how I could help him. There's a lot that he could be doing better, right? But he's 67, I think. He grew up in Sicily, so small island off of Italy. Very old school, so I can't expect him to have the, the tools to be able to kind of analyse himself. There's a lot of pride and the old school version of I'm okay, I'm strong, like all good, no weakness. But when you think you're strong and you don't admit weakness, it's actually the biggest sign of weakness, unfortunately. So I used to think... For me, when I was younger, I turned to sport. Basketball was my sport. I found it when I was 11. I've got a twin brother. We played, I try to play soccer, football, right? I don't say football, but depending on who's listening, what country they're in. But soccer, let's keep it simple. Um, for five years, my brother was just a natural talent at everything. We played against each other at loads of sports. Badminton, like tennis, table tennis, football, Whatever, whatever sport we could pick up, we'd give it a go. Naturally, he was better than me at everything. So he had the talent, I would say. I tried my best at football, like goalkeeper, which he was. I mean, he would be horizontal, flying across the goal, fearless, fearless, and just really incredible. So as we evolved, kind of as we grew up even, um, you don't really evolve as kids, you just experience, right? And then when you're a bit older, then that's when the evolution really begins unless you're guided. But as we grew up together, competition was always there. I think I felt like, now I can't be objective about it because I was 10 or 11 when I started playing basketball, but maybe it was the only sport that when we started, I was better than him at playing. And that's why I stuck to it. Or maybe it was the only sport that I just generally loved. So I stuck to it. But I found that that kept me passionate and driven physically for, for so long. So I think I played for 11 years. Uh, had knee issues growing up. You jump up and down in a basket. I took it pretty serious. You jump up and down in a basketball court for like two, three hours a day, six, seven days a week. You're going to have knee issues, right? Not uncommon. A thing called Osgood Slatters. Not that it matters for most people, but a bone defect. You grow too fast and you end up with like bony knees like sticking out and stuff. So I ended up having two knee operations at 19 and 21. Just young, just 19. Three weeks later, I'm on the basketball court. I needed to take at least six weeks off before jogging and I'm just... Just like youth wasted on the young. Uh, it's funny because now I'm 37, but like when I look back at some other kids, kids, I mean, I thought I was a man at 19. But like, it's just a, it's a funny mindset because you think you're indestructible and like, oh man, it's just wasted. If you could put like your 37 year old self back into 19, like the, the world would be a different place. But 
Um, so there was always like a competition aspect and I always thought, oh, it's just about being better. So did that. My dad was just like old school, work hard. If you've got 10 pound, you can't spend a living, get a good job, get an education, that, that, that like follow, follow the plan laid out by your parents almost. Very old school traditional values and stuff, but like in Sicily, it's like very tiny community. So it's just like, you want to be proud and just walk about, everyone knows you, you shake everyone's hand and stuff like that. So that evolved. Um, my dad ended up, I mean, that is like, if you're dependent on other people's opinion and validation, like you have to be the man. So he he thinks he's the, well, he doesn't think, but he jokes about being the godfather. So that's his kind of alter ego, his persona. He speaks like he hasn't lost his Italian accent. Like you couldn't find a more stereotypical Italian. It's just like the goatee, like, hey, he talks with his hands. So like he had his own restaurant uh, in Glasgow, like as young as I was, I think I was I mean, maybe close when we were 13, 14. But politicians, soccer players, like professional football players, like it was always full. So like, as far as I was aware, it was very good. So he had this big kind of part of the community a lot of pride and that ended the story was that uh, he had to renovate it and then the rates went up and nobody was budging so he just he made a decision to close it down so I think with that like looking back actually just right now as I'm speaking that might have been like the beginning of his depression which is actually interesting so like it's funny how tangents can take you there so he ended up just kind of, I think when he was 40, he just had like a massive depressive bout. And what's that? We're 27 years ago, I would have been 10-ish. So like really just not really unaware of what that meant. Just like my dad was really sad. And that doesn't really land. So he came out of that, like it wasn't too bad, but then it was a pattern. And then like, I think like there's six or seven of his family in the Italian side that are on medication for some sort of mental health thing. So it might be genetic, right? And genetics load the gun, lifestyle pull, pulls the trigger. But seeing my dad with that, then when my brother, I mean, he was really talented. Like he could have, if he really was dedicated, which he wasn't, he just kind of, and I've, I've spoken to him about this stuff, like maybe fairly or unfairly, he feels uncomfortable about the personal development talk, but he's he's now got a little boy and he has to look inside himself because like when you have a kid, you just want to be the best version. So he was playing football, soccer, and he ended up, so in, in school, we do like five years of high school, like an optional sixth year. He dropped out like a month before the exams. So whatever happened there, don't know why the parents, my parents like didn't make him do them, but maybe a fear of commitment or failure, who knows. Then he'd done a year of college, sports science, something like that, I forget, dropped out a week before the exams. So it's a pattern, right? Fear of whatever. And listen, if he hears this, like, I'm sorry for sharing your story, bro, but um, hope that's okay. So it's just for reference and, um, then he went on a boys' holiday. Just when we were younger, we go to like Greek islands, whatever. In Glasgow, there's a big drinking culture, so you just destroy your liver for two weeks. You put on a lot of weight, and we discovered Smirnoff, and he came back. In two weeks, he put on twenty pounds. In two weeks, he was like inflated. So potentially sedation. Obviously, you're having fun. There's going to be some price to pay, but. So I know this is a long answer, but this is kind of my personal development work, and it's connected to me and who I am now. So ended up kind of I was an engineer so I got out of school just didn't want to be there got kind of good grades worked in a car wash for six months and then got an apprenticeship as an engineer 
in a hospital. So we do maintenance, but as electrically qualified, done four years at college. We work in the theatres, patient rooms, offices, and then off-site, we would help, like, the, we'd service the, the instrument cleaners, sterilizers, disinfectors, and stuff like that. So some of it interesting, some of it extremely boring. I was just happy to get out, done eight years. Um, then I kind of, I'd done some TV work, like not work, but I was on a TV show, like a dating show, and loads of cool people were doing cool things. So that was just like a reality check. I really hated my, my job and my, my life at the time. I was 24, something like that, just looking for attention, like TV, bodybuilding, like all, all these kind of things. This is me with perspective looking back at the time I was unaware. So I ended up becoming a personal trainer just because fitness was an anchor that always kept me sane. Potentially a chemical imbalance in our head with my dad's kind of genetic predisposition. And fitness, you can't think yourself positive. Sometimes you have to act yourself positive. So like visceral, playing sport, keeping yourself healthy, stuff like that. So ended up becoming a personal trainer and then came down to London from Glasgow uh, at 25 competed bodybuilding done some stuff like that and then as that evolved mindset was a huge part of that done some personal development work find your why simon sinek's book amazing done some personal development work with a friend a peer colleague he was actually a client of mine who worked in sales in uh, linkedin then i trained him as a personal trainer he became a pt then he became a life coach and our relationship like evolved that way long story find your why. So I always thought I was going towards pleasure, so get better. Personal development, learning, make a difference, but I was actually going away from pain. I see my dad with his mental health issues. I see my brother give up an opportunity, is how I would word it, of being a potential professional athlete. And when my friend asked me, like we done the, there's a second book, I think it's like the, the workbook almost of Find Your Why. So I recommend reading the first book. And then if you really want to explore that, like do the book and find somebody who's either got some coaching experience or who can ask you those tough questions. So for me, when I was going through that, then it was, he asked me a question about my brother, oh, you're quite competitive. And like nothing was really landing because I knew before going there that it felt like my answer was superficial with personal development. So I thought, oh yeah, like I'm trying to get better for all these reasons, but I knew there was going to be something deeper. I just didn't know what. So he asked me about the competition and then like it brought me to tears just in that moment. So man to man, I was comfortable with him and I could open up. It was watching my dad like waste his mental health, his physical health, and then watching my brother not become what he had an opportunity to become because not everyone finds what they're good at at a young age. Um, and then that's that's kind of, why I ended up choosing my career path, which I didn't know. That was like maybe six years into my career that I thought I was doing it for these other reasons. So to kind of answer your question is because I see my family members waste potential and it was it was forced. Like I almost had to, like ever since then, my, my business and my, my kind of personal development just got better because I think clarity is huge on, on anything. You know, like if you've got a visual and a metric and you know exactly what you're doing and a decision comes in front of you, you've got a filter. Is this going to get me closer to that or further away from it? And what I find with successful people, business owners, I work with a lot of them, they've got a goal and they're so crystal clear on it that if anything gets in that way, they just take action. So for me, that just was a, a nice little awareness, which was obviously a lot of pain and kind of exploration and stuff, but that's, that's what helped.
You know, what's so interesting about that is I've been doing a lot of reflecting in the past few months about the things that that drive us in life. And I've been of the mindset that people are usually either chasing something or running away from something. And everything that you just described, it it resonated with me because for a long time I was trying to prove something to someone who actually wasn't ever even there, but found my passion and purpose and now I'm chasing something. And it almost sounds like for you, you were you were running away from something in your life and in the process you found something to now chase in that you're able to help others work through these these challenges in life. And God, that's that's absolutely incredible. How it, it doesn't have to be completely binary. It can be one pushing to well, chasing and then or I'm sorry, running away and then chasing something that helps us find our mission and purpose in life. Yeah, yeah. I agree. At the time I didn't think I was running away from anything. I thought I was just trying to be the best version of myself and that constraint of my life in Glasgow as an engineer finding a good job, inverted commas, uh, that I was going to settle, I think I was making £26,000 a year, which is maybe $30,000 or something like that, um, at the time. And then there's potential increments, maybe, I don't know what you increased by back then. So like really, like it's, it's, it's not a lot of money when you're trying to kind of create impact and stuff and do cool things. I didn't see me running away from anything because there's an awareness that I've created this past year that I think I've been sedating, sedating myself with coffee, caffeine, workouts potentially, people can get addicted to that dopamine high, drugs, alcohol, you know, like I've never really been connected to alcohol. I've done it because all my friends did it. I had a good time. There's good stories. No good story starts with a salad. Well, some do, but most of them is like, it's just wild, isn't it? Like, remember that time we did X, Y, Z? Yeah, we were so messed up. Like, so, but that's just part of being young, right? You just explore things. Ideally, like some people, and you hear them, they've got a good male role model. Like they get guided and they've got enough strength that they don't need the opinions of others that they can say no in that situation. And they, they create a life that's like that. But yeah, um, I think Jordan Peterson says something like that, is that you do so much running away from the big beast, the traumas and all those things. And you start to find things that make you happy and you discover those things. And it ends up at some point, the pendulum has to swing that way. So you start having like that purpose, that bigger vision. And like, I think some people find like the purpose and vision first without the running away. And then sometimes when they get into the forties, they find they haven't addressed something that because their life was good and it's not like they don't have to address it like it just depends how like we were talking earlier like how much of an expanded individual you want to be because how do you define success is it financial is it growing this business is it having a team is it you know that's one optic one metric then there's relationships like have you got a partner that you're in love with that you cultivate that relationship and we could all be better in all areas of life we could be fitter we could eat better we could have a more powerful relationship do cool things we could make more money we could i don't know reduce the churn we could there's so many things that we can do better 
it's just like understanding yourself and then growing from there is I think it's just an awareness that you have to cultivate, you know? It is. And, you know, this is such an interesting topic for me because whenever I think about what I was chasing in terms of success, trying to prove something to somebody during that point in my life, I didn't think that I was trying to prove anything. I thought, oh, well, I'm just driven. I'm motivated. I'm going to get this big salary and this big title and build a big career that's impressive. And it wasn't until my really late 30s or I was almost 40 before I recognized that, uh, you know, I, I was trying to prove something to somebody. And what's interesting is as I've reflected and and thought a lot about that it was such a double-edged sword for me because it it drove me beyond belief and i accomplished a lot of incredible things in my career and life but it was also a double-edged sword in that it kept me in places uh, at businesses and relationships far longer than i should have been because i was constantly trying to prove that i was enough that i was worthy and it's just interesting how as we go through our lives, these realization events that we have. So that was one item of note. There's another, there's another comment that you made about um, identifying or finding a good role model that can, a male role model that can positively impact our lives. <clears throat> and this is something that only in the past year I have started to focus more on because it almost seems that society today is very focused on, I'm going to say tearing men down. That might not be the right word, but demonizing masculinity, I think is probably a better way to, to articulate that. And it's been going on for quite some time. It's not until you're able to start actually looking at the messaging. Like you look at all sorts of sitcoms and TV shows where the dad is the bumbling idiot and then the mom keeps the household together. And it's unfortunate that this message is constantly being pushed. And I'm starting to see more men actually rise up and say, masculinity, masculine traits and virtues are not a bad thing. We actually need more of that in the world today. Go lift weights, eat healthy, provide for your family, be a good man, be in, in charge of your emotions, focus on being stoic. You don't have to be this just uh, wall of ice. You can experience emotions, but you do have to learn how to control those emotions. That's something that is, is just absolutely crucial as a man. So my question to you is really, well, first, have you noticed the same thing? I'm assuming you have based on our conversations, but also how do you lead the way? How do you be that shining light for other men and actually get them to recognize and acknowledge that they are in this place and that they have become complacent in life and that they need to do better? How, how do you get them there? Uh, yeah, I've definitely noticed the the trend and I think it's just how you define it because like you said there's there's nothing wrong with masculinity it's only when it's used wrongly so there's nothing wrong with strength it's only when it's used to hurt others right because you can lift others 
with strength, but you, uh, you can also hurt. So it's just it's the same thing with being masculine. And then if, if you look at the definition, like some people will go down the route of toxic masculinity and Andrew Tate, and then like there's a, a big conversation around that of like how you treat women and stuff. And I think it's a perception. So it's like, what do you define that as? And I just think like, it's just a case of being a good human and using your traits and your strengths like to your advantage. And as men, like we biologically are stronger than females. So by definition, we're stronger than them in that way, but they're stronger in other ways. Like I've seen my partner have our child and like you'll never see anything as powerful and as strong emotionally, physically and spiritually as that. It's just the, the, the craziest thing and billions and billions of women have done it before and you're just like, it just blows your mind. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's something wrong with our culture on how we're not allowed to tell the truth to people to some extent because it might offend them. That's what's wrong. A masculine trait is telling the truth. So the truth is a fact, right? Like, yes, somebody might get hurt. How you tell that truth is tactful. So, I mean, look, you're a business leader. There's different, when you're in a boardroom, you don't just tell somebody like, you're an idiot, you haven't done that. You can do. You want to. But a different personality. Of course you want to, right? <laughs> but I think you said something there. Oh, I'm trying to remember what you said. You said uh, about, emo was it emotions or um, something being bad? And I think it was more like how how you respond to your emotions. So it's not about you can't feel weak, you can't be angry and stuff like that. It's like how you respond to them. So like the old school masculine is like, yeah, don't have those emotions because you're weak. You can have those emotions and you can be man enough, inverted commas, to show vulnerability, choose to like almost submit, so take a knee because you're feeling a bit weak, right? But you standing on shaky legs, it doesn't make you any better, you know? Like if you can rest and recover, take a step back, compose yourself, then you can end up actually having the clarity to actually make the right decision. Whereas if you're just, there's too much ego involved to push and you just push forward on shaky legs, then you end up making like not a lot of progress, you might go the right direction. So I think like positive male role models, like and they can be found in it, they can be found in books. An idea can be a positive male role model. It doesn't have to be a person. Ideally it is because there's nuance to a kid growing up with all of his emotions. And when you grow up, like you don't know what's right, what's wrong. And like there's, you just want somebody with good values, right? That, that could be a mother. It doesn't have to be a man. Like some men, like, they're more motherly, they're like, there's other fatherly traits and stuff like that, but you need both. Ultimately, you need love from one parent unconditionally. When I hear of kids, I was just listening to a Theo Vaughn podcast with, I forget who the other fighter was, but um, he ended up crying because he had loads of trauma. His dad was just an a-hole and stuff like that. And he just sat in silence and it was just like, just nice just to, to see a man give the other man space. And the guy's like, the fighter's a hard ass. I mean, like, there's a lot of bravado on an exterior shell, but that's almost created of necessity. And like, we just, it's useful to be helped through emotions because you don't know what's going on when you're a kid. I've got a four year old now and it's just like, I was that. And if you've ever done work, like talking to your 10 year old self, 14 year old self, it's like, man, you're just innocent. And it's just sad that like any kid has to go through some sort of trauma like that. So I think like, you can create your own positive role model without any help from anyone else, but that's unhealthy. So for me, like the, the way I've evolved as a man and like when I speak to, like I coach a lot of men and sometimes the hour that we speak on the phone is like, 
you could tell that that's their own re only release of the week. And it's the only time they actually explore deeper ideas and thoughts because they're so in work mode and they provide for their family, but they don't communicate well because of the um, vulnerability and insecurity that they can't communicate or they don't feel the other one is going to be reciprocal like to that, then they end up just keeping it to themselves. So I think it's just, and, and what you said, how, how do you change like the world almost? I think we need to, one, be tactful to some extent, you know, but sometimes it's tough love. It's just like you tell the truth, it's a fact, and you say deal with it. Just now that's getting demonized in the media as toxic masculinity. So I think like, I would say a definition of more of a modern man would just be like having the tact, having the strength. And how, how do you, you change it? Like you just have to kind of show what leadership and, and again, as I said, it's not just about being male, a female can show strength and all that stuff that have the same traits, right? How do you do it yourself? And how do you lead yourself first? Because if you're broken, you're, you're always gonna react potentially with violence because you're insecure. But if you have strength and you decide like, again, Jordan Peterson is quite good for, for some of these things, but be a warrior in the garden. like know how to kill someone and choose not to do it because you don't need to because you're going to talk your way out of it you're going to articulate your way out of it whatever the situation is so i think it's just being aware having your strengths and look i don't do martial arts but bjj sounds like one of the best sports to control that men struggling together we're all united and i think just talking there freestyling is a big problem is that we don't have to struggle as much as we used to. So that's why we turned to working out. And that's probably how you found it, I'm assuming, is that there was something in that of just testing yourself. We're in a modern world, we don't have, like we're lucky and we're in countries, maybe not yourself, but we don't have to sign up. For, we don't have to fight for a country really, like compared to hundreds of years ago. So we have to find that struggle elsewhere. So I think it's just being somewhat articulate and you don't have to be super smart or intelligent, but just like, don't just be, saying words just because they're true understand your market your environment but at the same time we, we do have to push the boundaries because eventually it's going to be orwell's 1984 we're not going to have language that we can use to tell the truth and then the truth will be diluted just because you can't express it properly so i think it's just a case of a little bit of tact tell the truth and start working hard and using your strengths for like like religion it doesn't matter like I think Ricky Gervais is, I get it. he's like, feed, there's like 3,500 religions, like what makes you think your God is the one? Which I laugh at, it's quite funny. But like, for me, a belief is like most religions promote good values. 80%, I would assume roughly, are be a good person, do good, don't do bad, stuff like that. So that you take that, it doesn't matter what religion is, like you take that as a man, be strong, protect others, support the weak, lead yourself, fix yourself first, and then you can do all those things with a clear vision because you know that you're a good person, hopefully, you know? So that's kind of like my view and all that stuff. Well, I think, you know, you've touched on, on Jordan Peterson and there's so much alignment. All the names that you've been listing on the show so far are people that I, I pay attention to and, and consume their content and, and really dive deep into it. But, you know, something that also stands out and, and I'm thinking through... Uh, last year, whenever I, I broke my ankle, it was it, it was really bad. I was out of commission for a very long time and broke the ankle. And then it was a month before I could get in for surgery. And the recovery took seemingly forever. And I went to this very 
we'll say dark place. And having the podcast and my social media presence, the first few weeks, I was actually in a pretty good headspace. I was taking pictures and sharing and like, well, you know, this is life. I'm going to work through it. This is what it's all about. But after not being able to train at all for, I would say probably six weeks in, it started to take its toll on me mentally, just being stuck on the couch with my foot up all day and not being able to do anything. And I was still eating clean. I pulled back on my carbs, but everything else, I was still eating clean to you know minimize inflammation and things like that. But it was extremely challenging and difficult. And I actually we'll say reverted into my shell. I wasn't creating as much content because I didn't have it in me. And and looking back on it, I still haven't got back to where I was in terms of my, my physical uh, f- level of fitness, but I'm gradually working on it. And about a month ago, I had a surgery. I had a cyst removed from my neck. Once again, wasn't able to train for a long period of time because of how big the scar is or the, the, the incision was. And I, this time I was much more intentional about just continuing to put content out there to try to inspire and motivate people. And this all goes back to something that you said a moment ago is I think we need to, as men, we have to lead by example. The best way for us to show other men how to be stronger men is to show them how to be a stronger man. Even when we're faced with all sorts of adversity that takes us out, we have to learn how to control those emotions, experience them, but also control them and keep moving forward. And I think a big thing that has helped me in my life is having my own personal mission, goal, and objective. And that is to positively impact the generational legacy of everybody that I work with. Now, if I taper off, and stop creating content, stop trying to coach and uh, motivate and mentor people, I'm not being consistent. And when you are chasing your purpose in life, it makes it much easier for you to be consistent. Discipline is hugely important, but when you chase that purpose in life and that purpose is focused on helping others, some really powerful things can start to unfold. I agree. Um, now, there's always a risk when you're getting somebody that's aligned right as an echo chamber on a podcast. But like, like I think what you said super important. Like on that aspect, like leadership. So I've got a boy who's four years old, and it's like he's not going to listen to what I do. He's going to listen to sorry what I say. He's going to listen to what I do. So if I'm exercising, he might not always do it. If I tell him to exercise, he'll probably do it less of the time. But if I just don't ask him and just say, look, I'm going to do this. And then he might join in. So I think like going back to kind of feeling low, it's okay to feel bad. And I think like we need permission as men like for that. Because if, and that's also at the same time is why you need to have clarity and vision, which is something that's been coming up with even more kind of brightness almost in, in my life the past two, three weeks, speaking to a lot of men, potentially just because it's a new year and you've got that focus. But like once you've got that vision of like a bigger purpose, then when you're feeling bad, you've had your operations, like you feel like crap, you're just, oh, I don't want to do anything. It makes you do it, right? And that might be a season, it might be a day, it might be a week, a month, a year, decade. But like as if you keep on working on it, and that's why you have to like just explore yourself because like let's just say you're in a business, you're climbing the ladder, 
if you're just doing it to make more money, eventually that drive is just going to leave you, you know. But if you, you're doing it because you're supporting your family, you can create more impact, invest in charities, potentially do all that stuff, then that's positive. So I think it's just like understanding that emotions are part of it. And like I said earlier on, it's like, okay, you literally had your foot up. That's what you had to do when you had your operation. Like, well, it's cool. But, um, and understanding at the same time that you're not going to have everything perfect. And sometimes you're going to feel like crap for a long time because you can't think yourself positive. You have to like you have to create that environment in your body by getting your body fat down. And with men, testosterone is important. And if you're obese, that testosterone is going to get converted into estrogen. And you're just not going to feel as good, even if you do the workout. I had a client for years who just, he was a musician, just really didn't, sleeping terrible, eating terrible, every workout, he's like, I thought exercise was meant to make you feel good. I was like, not when you're doing all those other things. <laughs> like, if you're going on fear or sleep, you're eating, like, takeaways, drinking sugar, like, this is how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel like you're dying when you're doing a workout. But, like, he ended up losing uh, 60, 70 pounds, and he felt amazing. And it was like, this is how you're meant to feel. And it was simple, like, we just... But again, going back to how how we started the conversation, he ended up getting uh, some sort of blood clot in his leg. He thought it was just skateboarding. He injured himself, and he, he was almost dead. And he was like, like I said, thirty so thirty kilos, like sixty five pounds overweight. So, and then his girlfriend left him, and he couldn't play music because he was just so bad. So all of the things that made him happy was bad. I was like, look, you're meant to feel depressed. Like it's it's actually like. Like if if you felt good just now, there'd be an issue. There'd be a problem, you know. Like, so I think like feeling bad is just a sign and like an outcome of what's actually happening in your life. And like depression and feeling bad, like I've got some views on it. Like they're not concrete, but I think yeah, genetically you can be in a bad place. So it's just you've been dealt a bad card. So you're you're just working on. 40% by default, right? So you might you might just never be as happy as some other people can be potentially. So you might need Medicaid. But I'm a big believer in being depressed is there's a few things you haven't ticked. Nutrition, like if you're eating junk like and you're chasing sugar, that's dopamine, you're just feeling good for a second and then you're chasing. That dopamine isn't earned and you're not, not going to feel good. Then exercise, again, you can't think yourself, even if you eat perfectly and you're healthy with your food and stuff, you need to create stress in your body. It's called hormetic stress. Working out actually creates damage and you positively re respond to that. Ice baths that are popular now, saunas, it's the same thing. It's not actually good for you in the moment. It's good for creating resilience and that's how you respond. Then relationships. So if you've got a bad social circle, not very many friends, you don't need a lot of friends, just a handful of real people that will be raw and just like listen to you and stuff like that. Same with your relationship. So whether you've got like a loved one, that has to be a deep connection, not just a friend that you're married to or whatever the situation you have kids with. And then job, something that you actually enjoy. It doesn't have to be the most, but at least it fulfills something. And then I think above that is something bigger than yourself. So purpose for you, helping people create generational legacies and stuff like that. Uh, other people just choose to put that faith in God and they live their life through his eyes or service. Um, like I believe in like a bigger spirit, like not 100% religious, I'm Catholic, but um, I'm, st I'm still figuring out that path, but there's definitely something bigger than us. But for men, I think we need something bigger to pull us out. So females will do it just out of like 
they'll look after their kid. They'll just do everything just because it's it's almost biologically wired in them. Men are biologically there to protect just because physically they're bigger, right? It's, it's, it's an easier job. If the females were to protect the, the males, then it'll be doing them a disservice because the male could protect themselves better. So it's just kind of, there's no right or wrong, but, and this is partly the issue now, where like females without the masculine characteristics have to take on like physical characteristics have to take on their traits and then that becomes an issue and then men get physically weaker and they take on female traits and then that becomes potentially unhealthy and it's fine in a relationship as long as the dynamic is understood so the female can be like a CEO in a boardroom and like have those masculine traits and that alpha personality type and the male can be like a little bit more feminine and that's not about being offensive it's just like nurturing accepting like not as hard like stuff like that there's nothing wrong with that either as long as you understand it but i think overall we just have to be somewhat balanced and kind of recognize ourselves our traits know that there's something bigger than us and then use that self-awareness to create a version of ourselves that's going to serve that purpose whether it's god whether it's generational kind of leadership wealth or whatever it is man there's so much to unpack there i'm going to work my i was making notes i'm going to work my way through this so one thing that came to mind is a comment you made about having having to explore yourself and part of the human experience is ups and downs we have good days weeks months years we have bad weeks days months and years and when I had broken my ankle and was laid up on the couch with my foot up and the doctor said I had to keep it elevated above my head for 23 hours a day and thinking, what are, do you understand math like that? How, how do I even do that? And as time went on, even though I was eating healthy because I wasn't able to train at all, I had to just sit there for seemingly ever. <clears throat> I part of what I was grappling with was watching my body erode away over that six month span of time. I say six months. I mean, really it was about three months that I couldn't do anything. And then I got to where I could actually do some upper body stuff, but having to watch my body erode that I had worked so hard on for so long, it crushed me. I mean, absolutely crushed me. And I had to do some deep reflection on myself. And in that process, I realized that I had unintentionally created a, a mindset where I had tied so much of my identity in my, phys my actual physique. And I had to realize that there's so much more to me than just having abs right? There's, there's so much more to us. And then as we think through the reality of our existence as humans, there's going to be ups and downs. That's part of the process. And one thing that I think is important is that as we grow, as we become more self-aware, we have to be intentional about developing skills around identifying when we are in that low place, calling back on the things that brought us to that high place and focusing on, even though we don't want to do it because we're in this down and depressed state, we have to do it because that's how we pull ourselves back out. And for anybody that has suffered with depression or been in a dark place for a long period of time, once you learn how to claw your way out of it, you become incredibly 
resilient and strong from that point on in your life. And for people like me and people like yourself, I think it's important that we help other men learn how to pull themselves out. Because as me coming in as an executive coach, you coming in as a a physical and mindfulness coach, all the things that you focus on, we can show them the way. But ultimately, they have to want it more than we do, because we can see all sorts of potential in somebody and put in energy and effort trying to get them there. But if they don't want it, if we want it more than they do, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment, which is just very unfortunate to watch somebody with a tremendous amount of potential and see them just not quite be able to get there. It's very disheartening. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, that, that, like I've had those observations. It's even harder when it's like a family member. So like they're sick and then you, you know exactly like they're missing this thing, this thing. You could send money. Like when we've heard it before, like we've got a client just now who's, who's the same and um, and they put their power on other people like and they want it more than them. And sometimes like I can only give them information Paul Check is a, he's a holistic like educator in the fitness industry. He's been about for 40 years, so partly controversial sometimes, but I think his brother used to be an addict. He told a story one time and he said it was like, uh, it killed him, as in Paul Check. It was just so draining because he kept on trying to change somebody who wasn't ready to change or like wasn't in that place in their life. And he, he likened it to like forcing birdseed down the guy's beak, throat. All you can do is lay out the birdseed, that's it. You know, like lead by example, and then like if people like the look of the bird seed, they might taste it. If they like the taste of it, then they might start to grow bigger, stronger, all that stuff. So, I think a big part of it is just like being like that. Like an- another part is just like being okay with like being depressed at times. You know, like because it forces you to have a reference point of like there's something wrong, and if you have that reference point, then like it's not nice. You know, you just want to like actually like just get out, start working out, but like it, it's good sometimes because like at some point and this is like what I'm trying to I'm not going to know until I get there but like how long can we keep this going for 40s 50 our body I'm talking about like being kind of somewhat competitive and stuff like that because at some point there's only going to be I don't supplement with like I'm natural I don't supplement with testosterone replacement therapy like I'm a big believer in getting your bloods done and making sure that you know where you're at I think a lot of people uh, specifically Americans just jump on it without dealing with the lifestyle factors um, but at some point you're going to have to do that I think I've bought myself maybe an extra 10-15 years of not needing to do that because low testosterone can lead to depression so you could be doing everything right but you're in your eyes because that's a subjective thing that's an opinion but if you get bloods done you, you analyse your diet exercise all that stuff then you can be more objective about something and then like you're, if you're clinically low like it, again it's normal to be like a man should have a certain range, you know? So I think it's just like, again, being as objective with that as possible and just like knowing that it's okay to feel like terrible sometimes, you know, but it might force you to do bloods, it might force you. But like, again, I would always try and explore naturally, like, because we won't have the power if you rely on medicine. TRTs like change people's lives, it's amazing. But I would always want to see, is there something I can do personally without taking a shortcut first? You know, because I've looked at it. I've got a personality type. I used to do bodybuilding. After I stopped playing basketball, that was my identity, the muscles, all that stuff, similar to yourself. Um, and then I realized, like, 
all right, hold on. If I go down this TRT route, I was I thought I felt bad. It's just because I wasn't. I was tired, and I was training too hard, and I was working too hard, and I had a crap relationship. So I was like, oh, maybe I've got low testosterone. Let me jump on this. But then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this much. I'm going to get progress. Okay, well, if this much gets me progress, I'm going to do even more testosterone. And then where does it stop? But luckily, I had the self-awareness to like not make that decision. I was objective about it. Got educated and look like there's nothing wrong because like if you're if that part of if that ticks that box of like yeah performance and I'm going to go through a season and a season could be 5, 10, 15 years where I'm going to elevate my risk of a negative side effect but I'm going to chase performance any performance like if you're looking to make money and work with a lot of guys who are just trying to advance their career that's going to come at a cost you're not going to see your family as often potentially as you would like and I'm working with somebody just now who's trying to three to five X is net worth in five to seven years. That's a lot of work, right? That's a lot of work. Um, and that's like a multiple generational wealth that he's trying to create. And myself, I've got a, a peer, Andy McKenzie. He's a Scottish guy and uh, he lives in England as well, but he's 10 years ahead of me. And he's like, look, I would rather take a bit longer and experience kids and stuff like that. Like, and the net worth will happen, you know, because above a certain level, what are you doing is it's metrics, it's like uh, optics is what it is. It's just like, okay, bragging rights almost. You know, like well, what matters? And sometimes that is what matters, potentially. But maybe this guy, and we spoke, sorry, I know I'm going on, it's what I do. But um, we spoke about it earlier a little bit. Is like some people go through their life and they just found their purpose in their thing and they work and they've found it and they've got no bad things. Maybe that this guy, like, he's just sedating, but he doesn't know. I've not seen anything major. He might just need a psychedelic experience and be like, oh my God, I've lost sight of what's really important. My family, and he hasn't, he's, his family is important, you know, but like his lifestyle doesn't allow him to be there as often as he might like, at least when he is there, like he's present to some extent from what I've seen. So there's just so many dynamics, which is why you have to kind of understand yourself in any situation, because if you're trying to be a CEO, a leader, a business owner, like you're insecurities your your growth is going to determine almost like where that ship goes you know because you're driving it so if, if if it's not if you haven't figured it yourself then your business could be amazing but it's not truly you and then you've created something that you might not like like in five ten years time because some life event has happened and it's just changed kind of what you think is important and sorry last point the like there's going to be an attachment of like you can push a certain thing some people succeeding in spite of their talents so you're like how is that like i'm better than that guy why is he more successful than me and it's because his vision's clear and he never gives up it's not because he's better so then we get to a place physically like when does this give up and we're going to have to detach but you've done it a little bit our self-worth and ego to our abs our muscles how much like how jacked we are whatever it is because that's important it's not the most important thing so you can be like somewhat jacked like for a 70 year old and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? I've seen a guy, and we were just in Mexico there in Cancun. I never got the chance to speak to him. Well, I wanted to because he was like, he looked about 70. And he had some like saggy skin just because that's just what happens. But he was in amazing shape for anyone, not a 70-year-old. So it's just like, that, that's like somebody who's figured himself out what's important, you know? Yeah. You know, you said something a moment ago. It was uh, talking about forcing seeds down a bird's beak. And the phrase that came to mind for me was you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Well, here's the thing. I can bet 
that if you put the water right next to the horse, it's a hot enough day, you starve them out, you bleed them out, you turn up the heat, I can invariably guarantee that you can get the horse to drink water. The challenge is we as as leaders, coaches, mentors, we don't have enough control around all of those other variables to force them to do it. Eventually, they're going to have to do it on their own. Now, if you're in a business and you need people on your team to do certain things, you can control enough of those. But at some point, you have to recognize they have to get there on their own. I can't control all these variables because I see potential in somebody. So I think that's an item of note. But then also you touched on something that is we're kind of been dancing around this topic of how when people start to focus just on the money, increasing your net worth or having a bigger salary or all these bonuses, that, in my opinion, doesn't create long-term happiness. You're chasing the money for some reason. And I think there's far too many people that live their life just chasing more and more money and they are absolutely miserable. Whereas I've seen people that make 60,000 a year and are just as happy and as they can possibly be right. Whenever you find who you are and you are comfortable and happy with who you are, but also have a vision in a direction that you want to go so that you can continue to improve yourself I think that is the path to long-term happiness, and not everybody's able to get there. Some people get there in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, everybody's life experience is going to be different, but whenever I see somebody who has found that path, they're on their mission and purpose, they're trying to put their dent in the universe, that is something that just inspires the hell out of me, and I want to see more men get to that place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's 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 important to to have that. Like, it's going to pull you to like take the action, make the dent. There's, um, I'm I'm trying to kind of think of the words how to say it, but I think just there has to be men on this planet that are just they've got something that you know their north star that like it's just it's just bigger than them because then that's exciting, you know. And like when you come to somebody just chasing money. They're looking for something, some sort of meaning, some sort of purpose and stuff like that. And like, there's a threshold and I forget what the research is. It might be like $56,000, but like up to that, it's like quite like exponentially more happiness, more money, more happiness. But above that, then it starts to taper off. And I've just, I mean, I've worked with, with it. And um, I remember seeing a video and like a lot of people, like my a peer of mine, a mentor, Andy, who I spoke about earlier, is like he works with like rich people who've got like they've got their own island, but their kids don't want to see them, so they've made the money, and they're lonely and rich, you know. And it's like the the video was talking about that. Seeing he's he's a billionaire. I forget the guy's name. Somebody asked, and this is like your definition. Like you have to define like things like masculinity, like happiness, success, because that's based on you, your perspective, all your experiences in life is going to give you that definition, that perspective. And he said his version of success, he's a billionaire, is his kids still want to hang about with him and they're 30 odds, you know? So I think we have to like see that money like will fulfill a need, right? Experiences and stuff like that, like even above a certain level, above that 60,000 or whatever dollar threshold, like, yeah, you can have more impact than that. And then the only thing that, because you could be happy in your own circle, with three people in your life, 
and that's you, but that, and that's your definition of happiness, if you're truly honest with yourself, potentially. Someone else just might be like, I want to help 30 people, 3,000, 300,000, 3 million, 3 billion. Who knows? And that's just understanding yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And and again, I know, so my frame of reference is it's really been the past five years-ish in my life that I've, a lot of what drives me has changed significantly. Um, I know you and I have spoken and I left last year my job in oil and gas where I was compensated very, very, very well to start my own business full time. And I've been doing some coaching on the side for a little bit, but I went from making a lot of money to not making a lot of money. And I am happier now than I ever have been in my entire life because I am following my purpose and I am focused on serving and helping others. Now, I spent many years saving and being financially prudent to make sure that I was positioned to be comfortable and not have to stress out about money. But at the end of the day, the decisions I now make in my life are not driven by money. Whereas a decade ago, the inverse was absolutely true. And in thinking back about it, you know, honestly, I wouldn't change my experience for anything because it drove me to the man that I am today. So I had to go through that experience and to use your story that you just cited, this billionaire who had his own island, all all sorts of money, and how he would define happiness and fulfillment is his kids actually wanting to hang out with him and spend time with him. And I think people that achieve those massive levels of success, they become hyper-focused on that mission of increasing their net worth and they lose sight of everything. And sometimes they lose sight of it until it's too late and they either pass or they lose somebody in, in the family for some tragic reason. There's always something inevitably on a long enough timeline where they have that moment of, oh my God, I have wasted my life chasing the dollar and missed out on all these other things that bring happiness and true fulfillment. I think that's a good point that you touched on with the, the money side of things, right? You've worked to get yourself in a place you can make that decision. And some people just have to do that. They come out, they work in finance. And then like the first question they get asked is like, what's your exit plan? Because it's got a shelf life. Um, so I think like that goes back to like male role models. Like I'm still working through a, my relationship with money. Turns like my dad always said, you can't spend 11 pound if you've got 10 and like, now he's had gambling issues and stuff. So like, I don't know, like now I can't give any weight to his financial advice and stuff because I didn't get taught too much else apart from don't spend more than uh, you have. But like that, that's where like just wisdom comes in, right? And it's cliche, but man, like you got to where you're at for all the positives and negatives, you know? And that's helped you like figure out what's important to you. But like, we're only on this planet for so long. Right, we can weave our own tapestry, right, and like everyone can have the same threads and weave it in a different way. So, like, I think a big part of it is just like it just all comes. This is just because it's so fresh. It's been coming up for the past two weeks, and I don't know why, but like um, everyone has to really know what they want because like you can have everything, so anything you want, just not everything you want. So you could be a billionaire if you wanted. If you started at five and started getting educated on money, like you could be a billionaire. Uh, if you wanted the best relationship in the world, like I mean, that's hard to define. It's objective. Then you could like start working on yourself, do like a lot of like education on that, and just connection with people. Um, if you want to be the best athlete, you start at 
I don't know, two or three. You need a parent's guidance on that because you don't know what you want at two or three. And then that evolves and you could be top 1% athletes in the world, probably less, right? Top zero point. So it's just clarity for anything, for like any business metric, any life metric, like what do you want? And not enough men spend enough time in silence. You don't even need psychedelics to find yourself or like go on a, the jungle. You just need to sit in silence and listen to like what some people say God, some people do, but whatever it is, like there's, there's a voice in your head and there's answers there if you sit down for long enough to listen to them. Oh man, this conversation has gone on actually longer than I thought it would, but it's been just absolutely incredible. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. So Fabio, what is one of the biggest things that you would like to leave the listeners and viewers with? Just because it's fresh, just get clear on what you want. So you can name that wherever you want to. Is it your vision? Is it your purpose? Potentially like start with why this Simon Sinek's book that might be a good starting point I just think that I've been busy and potentially a form of sedation but I've been busy my whole life like working to create something better but I've never been fully clear on what I wanted so then my work hasn't been wasted because it's given me skills and like stuff I can bring into what I truly want but I think when you when you know that you don't spend your time like that billionaire focusing on all that stuff because like money's important but like maybe you do want a family maybe you don't there's no right or wrong. You might just want good friends and like you might just want to smoke cigars, drink wine and make money. That makes you happy. Do you know? Because like just because I think like having that balanced life and like is right for me, it doesn't mean it's right for everyone, you know? But just as a trend, I think like most people will do well with having a good relationship, having a job they like, at least a purpose that drives them, being fit and healthy so that they have health span as well as lifespan. Because like the last thing you want to do is like lift 120 with Alzheimer's at 80, and you've got 40 years of hell in your own body, you know. So I think there's like, just make sure you know what you want, and that's that's probably my best advice. Awesome. So what's the best way for people to contact you? I've got a website, FabioBonano.coach, F-A-B-I-O-B-O-N-A-N-O.coach, or at FabioBonano on Instagram. That's kind of my main one. LinkedIn as well. I think it's just Fabio Bonanno, you'll find me there. But yeah, health, fitness, kind of mindset stuff, like you, you'll find it if you type in. Awesome. I love it. Fabio, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it took a little while for us to get our schedules synced up, but I'm so glad that we finally did. Uh, thanks for giving me the space to talk and go on a little bit because it does happen. So if, if uh, well, hopefully I didn't bore the listeners. <laughs> All right. That is all we have for the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, and y'all have a good one.